Do it cause I love it and I stuck with it We ain't with the sub and in the cut with it Please none of the talks, I heard enough of it Like, what you gonna do, where you at, who you with You ain't really about this, don't talk about it Really on the move, on the map, never slip Keep your hands to your lips, don't talk about it Real eyes, real lies, real lies All the time, stand on it, if we said it, we don't walk around it Loose lips, ink ships, red cup, blue strips New phone, who this, no we don't allow it Really on go, I don't know what's an off day. Now we on road, keep us smoking in the hallway. Now we got Happy Friday. We are in the building here to give y'all another great episode. And I am excited about it. Uh, as you can see, the crew is here. Uh, somebody came in with a ran in here with a dreads in the wind, but we greatly appreciate him being here with us tonight. Fresh off of the job, DJ is in the building. Yeah, I was having some technical difficulties at work, so but you know, I'm here, I made it. What's up, everybody? That's what's up. I greatly appreciate it. Glad you made it. Uh, and of course, DA is in what it do, what it is, what it be like. It's me, aka, huh? Aka, what did he just say? Aka, (laughs) I know he didn't just say that. Yeah, it's your boy, DA. Don't hate, don't hate. I told you it'd be different every time. Keep you on your toes. Never know moment with you, sir. Never a dull moment. That's life, man. Life should never be dull. I feel that very much. I definitely feel that. Hey, when we gonna start letting people smoke cigars on the show? I just asked. Oh, she got that look. Oh shit! I must have struck a nerve. No, somebody fussing at us. Something. Oh yeah, she talking through her teeth. Ooh, because uh, I can light mine up right now. She says, Okay, really? No, somebody's time was off, he didn't realize what time it was. So he asked him for some pizza that's already in there. That's what I bought it. Oh, okay, so yeah, he's like, I'm so sorry, (laughs) like, okay, dude. Oh, Oh, boy, oh, yes. So, uh, we are definitely in the building. Um, tonight, we are going to do the part two to grief and trauma. Uh, a lot of y'all had requested the part two. So yeah. here we are. About to get this thing going. Um, so before, oh, we, before we get started, uh, we just want to give a brief uh, a briefing on the last episode before we bring our guest on. So we're going to let uh, DA handle that. All right, what up, what up? So, so the last time we had this wonderful individual on, she broke it down. She gave us the definition of what grief is and how it impacts individuals. Like, basically, what it was, what she said, grief is uh, suffer when you suffer a loss and you deal with that loss. And, um, pretty much, then talking about then we talk about the grief. Let me back up, we talk about grief and trauma. And how they go hand in hand with trauma. Trauma, you know, it's something that happens out abnormally. I like to say 
uh something that's not normal that happens on a normal basis or whatever you want to call it how you want to see it but our uh yeah so we talked about that and she kind kind of went over start we started to go over the symptoms so tonight we're going to dig deeper into grief and trauma i don't want to beat y'all over the head with a play-by-play because i want y'all to be free thinkers i want y'all to think of things and questions and comments as we go down this journey and dealing with grief and one thing i will say um watching it again over and over and over is this is a topic that's that is talked about a lot but talked over um and when i said what i say talked over it is it's not really nobody wants to go deep go down that rabbit hole when it comes to grief and trauma it's like that uh like that taboo topic you want to just yeah we know about it we're just gonna leave it alone and keep it moving and um tonight we want you to be able to go take this journey with us that's yeah that's the word i'm gonna use take this journey with us mm-hmm. down this hole and hopefully at the end somebody i don't care uh if it's just one person get some type of relief or some type of enlightenment about what they could be or what they are going through how would that sounds good it was good bro you did it (laughs) most definitely y'all be making me feel like i'm special ed sometimes (laughs) (laughs) no comments no comments all right well i i thank you for that um Definitely thank you for that. So without further ado, we are going to bring this fantastic person on. Um, we, we've pretty much um, <laughs> pretty much claimed her as our resident uh, therapist because she'd have been on here like three, four times already. Um, and we got some other stuff planned. So we just we, we, we doing our own kidnapping over here and uh claiming her and she she's good people like man that like this like my sis like right here like she she good people i i, lo- I love her to death already she, we be on the same page she just born and raised and poor yeah so definitely love her and we are bringing larnika hey i heard you say about pa that's what i'm talking about (laughs) hey all right i'm okay with being a resident therapist okay i like that so thank you very much for having me once again twice in in uh well shoot how how many weeks (laughs) (laughs) uh actually like three because you was just here uh the second week of january and now you did the first week of february Oh yeah, you know, and then we okay. got you back. Oh, so we doing so we finna schedule like once a month. She gonna be on. That's what it kind of seemed like, huh? Um, basically that's what it is. We already have her book for March. Did yeah. we do a March date? I want to say we did a March. We I know we talked about. about we supposed to be on a much needed vacay, Lord. Much needed vacay. That's right. You on vacay? We talked about you coming and back after that. Other than that date, let me know because we got the topic. There go. We yeah, got we gonna you. start talking. We gonna start talking. Hey, have people calling in. Okay. You, you on the line with LA? Look Come at. On, it. Look at it. <laughs> There well, go. I thank there y'all go. so much. I do appreciate it. 
you know, any opportunity that I have to be able to educate people and advocate for mental health, I'm down for it. So I do appreciate that. I appreciate the love. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Well, most definitely. Well, we appreciate you as well. Like, it, it's, just, it's funny. Like you said, we, I mean, you, you came down my timeline and, and me, me, and here we are. Here <laughs> we are. That's it. All home, right. so. I am hey, some, that. That's a sometime, direction right there. Yes, yeah, sometimes the universe got a, got a way of aligning some stuff. Okay. So like say, here we are. <laughs> I'm, here for it. I'm definitely here for it. Definitely. All right. Here we go. So, uh, DA, you want to kick off with uh, tonight? With oh, hell yeah. Part. You know, know me. So, oh, I'm going well. to go ahead and jump into it. Like, so last, last time we, last time you was on, we talked about. We briefly talked about this, but can we go in detail about the stages of grief? Because folks understand grief, like they may be grieving, but they don't understand potentially the emotions or feelings or or things that may come from in that. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, okay, definitely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Typically, when we are grieving or when we think about somebody that's grieving, we think, oh, they're sad all the time. They're crying. And if somebody's not crying or at least showing that they're crying, you think they're not grieving. Or maybe they themselves think, well, I haven't been crying, so I guess I'm good. But they got a lot of other stuff that's going on uh, that we experience. So some of the symptoms before I get into the, the actual stages uh, feelings of intense pain and sorrow, thinking about the loss over and over again. I mean, who doesn't, you know, but that's, you know, that's part of it. Uh, unable to really focus and function in anything. Like it might be work. You might try to push stuff down or to work or keep moving or whatever you're doing. Like some people lose a loved one at work the next day. It's like, well, what? I couldn't sit home. That's their thing. It's like, well, okay, you know, and I get it. I get all of it really. But you'll have a lot of that going on. Sometimes you have depression. Sometimes you have high anxiety. And sometimes people have suicidal ideation. That doesn't mean that everybody that experiences uh, grief is going to feel suicidal, but that's a possibility. Okay, so I think when we think of uh, grief, we tend to think of the depression part of it. So looking at the stages of grief, um, Everybody have their theory of different stages. I have pretty much uh, been a proponent to the seven stages of grief. Whenever I have my uh, workshops or support groups or grief series, that's something that I've been talking about, the seven stages of grief. Now, it doesn't mean that when somebody passes or we lose somebody, stage one is going to be this and stage two is this. It's not that. These are just some different stages that kind of cycle around uh, from time to time. Uh, the first one is shock. You know, uh, it's almost like a feeling of like this numbness, like someone you may, I'll use, I'll reference someone passing because it's easier. Someone passed away and it's just like, is it real? Is it not real? You know, thoughts can be running. You have this shock. Uh, then you may have a denial, and it's not a denial that they're gone, it's a denial of feelings. It's like if I allow myself to feel pain, that means this person is really gone. So a lot of times people won't 
They'll try not to sit with it. They'll try not to feel it. They will stuff it, keep working, keep moving, do something else. Maybe take a drink, take a smoke, take a something just to try not to have those feelings, being in denial of their feelings. Um, from there, you could have anger. You know, a lot of people express grief differently. A lot of people express sadness or depression differently, typically with men. Only because men have been taught, don't cry. Boys don't cry. Men don't show emotion. It's a sign of weakness. So those emotions typically come out aggressively. You know, I knew a lady, <coughs> excuse me, back in the day, her daughter drowned. I was about seven years old and she drowned at the beach. And, you know, I'm seven, so I'm, I'm observant. I realized I was a very observant child. Who knew I was gonna be a therapist one day. But I remember this lady, she was pretty cool. You know, my, my cousin was best friends to her daughter. And so we'd be playing over there. And then after the girl passed away, my cousin would go when we were at my grandma's house and check on the lady, just kind of say hello, you know. And her, she just changed. And I remember like through the years, she was angry. Like there was a lot of anger and hostility there. And, you know, and then later on in life, my mom, has said that after, you know, my friend had passed away, that the mom was never the same. She blamed the people who were out there for not saving her child. And so she held on to that. And as I became a therapist and, and grief has been my niche, thinking back, it's like, well, she was stuck in that stage because she would try to be cool, but it was a lot of anger, bitterness, a lot of that there. You know, and that now I, I get what that was all about. Um, then you would have like some bargaining. Man, if, if, if I could get them back, I'd do this differently. If this could change, if I could have changed something, I would have done something differently. Um, there's guilt. Maybe I should have called more. Maybe I should have been there. Maybe I shouldn't have let my child go to the beach and this wouldn't have happened. Or maybe I should have, you know, relationships, maybe been attentive more. Maybe I worked too much. Maybe I did whatever too much you know, those feelings of, of guilt. Um, then you'll have like this um, acceptance. At some point through all of these things, we typically accept the fact that our loved one is gone, that the relationship has ended, maybe our health is different, whatever, we get to a point of acceptance. And then there's like this forward movement. Now that doesn't mean that this happens sequentially and then the end. That doesn't mean that because even though you have acceptance, you can cycle right back to feeling guilty. You can cycle right back to being angry. You can cycle right back to depression. Typically the way it goes, it just flows and it flows and it flows and it flows. One day you might not feel as whatever angry. You might not feel as guilty. You may not feel as what have you. You know, it's just it's something that's it's a cycle. There's no expiration date. There's no, it's been five years, 10 years, 33 years. We celebrated the anniversary of my grandmother's uh, death and um, triggers. You know, my mom, I watched her grieve. I guess I was that child. I was paying attention to everybody. You know, I watched my mom grieve because my grandmother, that was like everything to me. That was our matriarch of the family, all these things. And uh, just Mother's Days was hell. My mom was, shoot, going through it. This year, 
Uh, my grandmother's anniversary was January 23rd. I always do my grief support groups around. I always start them around that time. It's symbolic of that. And so mom, you know, I had to think about it. I hadn't really talked with her about it. Let me call her that later that night. We kind of talked. And she was okay. Now, when it really got to her, um, the day I had my workshop in Port Arthur was the day they buried my grandmother, the 27. My mom was in bed. Now, she wasn't feeling well, too, but she was in bed, and my sister was like, what's going on? I said, today's the day. And she was like, oh, that's what it is. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's triggers, anniversaries, holidays. Uh, you may go... You, you go through these cycles, things get a little easier. You may be fine, and here's a trigger. It could be a holiday, it could be an anniversary, it could be something on TV, maybe a movie y'all saw, maybe a, a book, maybe a time of the year. Uh, something will give you a trigger. And that doesn't mean, oh, I messed up on my process. You, no, it's just, it's a trigger. It, it brought memories, it, it brought some emotions, some sadness, some what have you. And I would say, allow yourself to feel it. The best way to go through these cycles of grief is just allow yourself to, to feel it and understand what you're feeling. You know, if you are angry, what are you angry about? But really sit with that and think about it. Why am I mad? What's going on? Because we can project that onto other people, that part. You know, I'm feeling the way I'm already upset and somebody at work come with something, boop, they're going to get it. What? <laughs> don't, don't come in here. Not today. You know, you mad at the world, but the world didn't really do you nothing. You're grieving. And I think once you can understand, oh, shoot, yeah, maybe you want to stay home that day. I don't know. Whatever you got to do to uh, make you feel better in that respect, healthy, healthy wise. You know, you do that and manage that anger if that's what you're feeling. If you're feeling depressed, I don't want to get out of bed. I would say give yourself that day. But the next day, get back up. Let's go. You know, I think when we get stuck in those different stages or different cycles, that's an unhealthy way to grieve. And that's what can mess us up. But just grieving, let people grieve. Don't tell the people, don't cry. Let the people cry. They want to cry. Don't, you know, they be, don't be doing that. Who was that? I was listening to something and they were telling somebody, uh, somebody was telling me, that. I don't know who I was talking to. You go to the funeral, don't be doing all that clowning. Why have the people, if they want to go jump in the gasket, that's up to them. You know what I'm saying? But, but sometimes that, that'd be a little too much, though. Like, I don't know. Sometimes it just be. Oh, but it boy. depends on the person. Are you? Is that what you feeling? Are you showing out? Mm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if you showing out, then yeah, go and sit down. But if that's mm. what that person is feeling, I don't, I can't take that from them. You know, now them people that be trying to fight. This my baby daddy and all that junk at the service. Now y'all could have did that before y'all got to church. <laughs> y'all could have did that before y'all got there. That yeah. junk, I don't okay. know. You know that that that's too much there, but. If people falling out, now nah, I mean, you gotta express it. I, I let them let them get that out. Yeah. Um. First of all, I want to say that the, the hoodie you got on is awesome. I have Thank one you. of the um the one with the fist with the three fists. That's okay. the one I'm wearing right now. Awesome. But, um, as far as the denial factor, um, as well as the denial of um emotions, is also the denial of their presence because. From, from personal experience, I remember when my uh, pop uh, passed away, I didn't want to accept it. Like, it was like three months 
before I was able to accept the fact that he was no longer here. When someone would mention it, it's almost like I wanted to argue with him that he's still here. Yeah. And it wasn't until three months later, I had a dream and he came to me in a dream and told me that I had to let go yeah. in my yeah. dream. And it was, it wasn't until then I denied the fact that he was no longer on this side. Yeah. That happened to me, my grandfather. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't like denying the fact that he was gone. It was just like, like stuff that I would normally do when he was, when he was here, I kept doing the same thing. Like he was still here. Yeah. yeah. I really um, got into an argument with someone about him still being here. Oh, damn. Yeah. Nah. It was that extreme. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until I was able to accept it that I was able to move on in the grieving yeah. process. I was stuck. Yeah. But now nah, my grandfather told him, came to me, to, did the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was crazy because I'm still trying to understand what the hell with, with us on riding a golf cart through the hood had to do with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we was in a golf cart rolling. He had to rolling get your attention. Thing. He had yeah. to yeah. get your attention with it. Mm-hmm. I guess so, cause he sure got it. Cause I'm looking like granddad, what you doing with a golf cart? Like what? Sure, he letting you know he was good. That he's yeah, yeah. it's all good. And hey, let yeah. go. And that's, yeah, man, that's that's the crazy part about. It, cause that's his exact word. He was like, man, I'm I'm doing good. He said it's okay to let go. Take care of your grandma, and that was it. Yeah. He stopped. He he dropped me off at the at the meat market that's around the corner from my grandma's house, and that was, <laughs> that was last time I saw him. Okay. Okay. And and I think that we do little things to try to hold on as much as we can because we don't want to face the reality of the person not being here anymore. Because I think uh, sometimes people won't use terms like dead or passed away. Uh, They may say not here, some other words. Uh, because it's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult. You know, grieving is losing anybody that you love, whether it's to death or in a relationship or what have you. It's hard. We used to having a person around. Um, you know, we want to talk with them, laugh with them, all of, all of the earthly things that we do with them. You know, and all of a sudden that's gone. Yeah, that's going to be painful. But notice that now I'm going a little spiritual now. Y'all pull me back in if I go too far out. You know, spiritually, I do believe that we can talk with them and it's a whole different realm. It's a whole different level. But I think you can communicate with them um, and they communicate with us spiritually. You know, my grandmother, she they know I'm scary. And I done already said, if y'all coming, y'all better catch me in a dream because I don't want y'all to keep walking through here because y'all know I'm going outside for real in real life, okay? And so I've had times where I'm dreaming, I'm going back into what my grandmother's house looked like when I was a child. You know, she died when I was 13. I've, they've since done renovations to her house and things have changed, but I'm back to whatever this childhood looked like and she'll be there and it'll be like normal. But then in my mind, wait a minute, she did. Then boom, here I'm back, woke up or it switched to something. You know, and that's when people say, well, they, she was coming to visit you. You know, it's okay. And I'm like, girl, you know, I'm 
love you. <laughs> I love you, but you know, okay? But I think that, you know, um, we might leave physically, but spiritually, you know, they're right. The ancestors, everybody, all that stuff, you know, that's, that's real, it's real, is to me. So once we realize that um, the person is no longer here and we start understanding those seven steps or stages, right, of grief, like how do we like move forward? You know, um, because I think a lot of times we don't realize that we're in that space of grieving simply because we just don't have an understanding, you know, mm -hmm. um, of the difference of mourning and grieving, right? So once we come to that realization, then how do we begin, you know, to move forward, to process what's going on, if you will? Once you can get that understanding, educate yourself of what that is and become self-aware, analyze yourself, what am I doing each day? You know, it's helpful to find a new norm for your life. Yeah. If you and your loved one every day got up and drank coffee and watch Young and the Restless or something, I don't know. You may want to find a new norm, a new habit, a new something for you to do. You know, as, as anything I tell anybody, take it one day at a time. Here's today. What is today going to look like for me? Plan. Be intentional with things that you do. A lot of times we coast. We're on autopilot. We coast. The same thing today in the morning and the evening tomorrow. Same thing in the day in the morning and the evening tomorrow. We need to be intentional with the direction our life is going. Yeah. You know, you can still memorialize your loved one. You can still have a cup of coffee and, and say, you know, I love you and keep it moving. Is when you get stuck in it, and like you said, I want to be you're in denial and don't want to accept the fact that they're not here is the trouble. But memorializing them, saying something, acknowledging them in some kind of way, nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with having a picture or ashes, however you do. And you know, uh nothing's wrong with that. It's when you're when you don't allow yourself to move forward. So the way to move forward is take it one day at a time, set intentions and goals for yourself. Uh, focus on yourself, self-care, uh, hobbies, social stuff, just stuff, just live. Focus on living. Focus on what it is that you may need to do with yourself. And once you begin to focus on yourself and your life and goals, each day is a different day. Each day can be a little easier, a little different. Some days might be hard, and that doesn't mean you regress in some kind of way. It just means, hey, it was, it was that day. I had a hard day. I normally talk to my grandma, grandfather, whoever. They're not here anymore. So I have to figure out what I can do during these tough days. You yeah. know, uh, maybe I could talk with them spiritually, pray about it. But what else can I do healthy to get through these bad days? Yeah. I think I having um, a conversation. I'm sorry, but I think one of the crazy things that brings forth a piece of reality um, is when you just out of sight, out of mind, you call a phone number and depending how long they've been gone, you either get the voicemail or the number is disconnected. Cause I know for me, that was one of my things with my grandmother is, I don't know, it'd be these random times I would call the number and didn't really realize this what I did. Mm -hmm. wow. And the numbers got the, -na -na -na, and I'm like, Oh, wow. And then it was, uh, I think the first time I was asleep mm -hmm. and I heard her call my name 
and her name is very distinct. She said my name a certain way. So when I heard it, I jumped up and I was like, ma'am, and look, and it, it was like, wasn't nobody there. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I believe they're around. I mean, I can't imagine. I just, I can't imagine we have a soul, a spirit, what have you, that's in us. And it just don't go nowhere. You know, I think there's a lot we don't know on that side, you know, but who's to say? I can't, you know, people who, um, you know, my cousins, we talk, my, my grandmother was it for us. And so my, you know, family members, they talk about, they, they saw her walking in the kitchen. I'm, that's why I keep saying, don't come in my, look, <laughs> I love you. I don't know about the kitchen walk, but you know, y'all busy being the dream, we good. But I, I couldn't imagine that that spirit, that soul is either just sleeping as some, I don't want to get into religion, but I can imagine they around, put it like that. I can, I, I can imagine that they are around, you yeah. know, and if we need them, they'll come. Uh, even if we don't think we need them, they still may show up. I don't know what I'd be going through when grandma come in a dream and I just have to pray about it because it's like, okay, maybe it's something. Is she just saying hi or is she trying to give me a message about something? I don't know, you know. So I'm going to piggyback off of uh, DJ. So, like, not knowing and understanding what once you understand the stages of grief is there a time limit like mm. if, if it go get to a certain point should you get concerned i think that and i won't say a time limit per se i think if you are going through grief and you recognize you're not moving you're not uh progressing you are still upset you're still depressed after how long you think maybe you should be or shouldn't be then maybe you should come talk to somebody you know to help you get through those stages to help you better understand what you're going through i have a grief support group they got lots of grief support groups out there um we give techniques tools coping just some whole space for each other as we go through the process, some people love when died last year, some people love when died 10 years ago. And they may recognize, okay, I'm not where I think I should be in this walk. Yes, you sir. are self-aware, you know what you got going on better than I can say, oh, it's been six years, what's the matter? Don't do folk that, you know? But if you within yourself feel like something ain't right, I don't know, I can't get past this, it's hard. I'm really having a hard time then please come talk to somebody talk to a professional join a support group because you might not be as bad off as you think you are because i think people have an expectation of when grief should end for them it's not that you just not going to ever ever feel anything it's just that it gets a little easier to deal with you may have days you don't even think about it you can go months without thinking about whatever you know, and then here comes Christmas. Here comes the anniversary of their death. Here comes maybe a special event in your life, and you wish they would have been there to see your accomplishments and everything. And that could trigger some stuff. And I would say when those when those things happen, be prepared. Christmas comes. Think about happy memories, not just oh my grandma not here. I'm so sad. But I remember when she was here, she used to make that macaroni and cheese with that government cheese. Jesus, okay, 
happening. Hey, I'm not that government cheese now. Get that macaroni and cheese with that government cheese together. Okay, that was the best thing I think I ate in life. Okay. And grilled cheese with the government cheese? All right, I'm sorry. Yes. In that oven, my grandma would put it in the oven on broth. And baby, it was because so, that's how you was gonna melt that cheese. You better brawl it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, I have a question real quick. I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, right? And her mother um, wound up getting sick and having to move in with her, right? Mm -hmm. And so she had to adjust her whole way of life, her career. You know, she she, she had to be more home, um, not on the go as much. And although her mother was still living, she was grieving the life that she used to uh, live. Yeah and did not even realize that was going on until like um it got closer to her mother's transition you know mm -hmm. um, so as far as grieving the loss it's not always just dealing with death but i think we don't even realize that we're in that grieving process like say for instance if we lose a job uh kids go off to college stuff like that mm -hmm. yeah Definitely, that's what you're saying. Don't hit that. See, we're on the same wavelength. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, yeah you, don't sorry, yeah. you don't. You don't realize it because, like I said, we're on autopilot. We just move things. If, if you're not really self-aware, you just know that, okay, I have to do this. You're not thinking about what it does and how it affects us. It's like, I got to do this. I got to mm -hmm. do this. I got to do this. And then you might see your friends going off and doing some things, and you got to stay home and take care of your loved one. Being a caretaker is tough. It is tough, you know, because you lose yourself in it. A lot of people do. And that's why we try to caution people who are caregivers to try to use the village if you can to be able to take some time for yourself as well, you know. But with that, yes, a loss of a change in life. Yes. You consider it a change in life because you have to. And even people who live independent lives and maybe they have a stroke or something, uh, go in a nursing home. We we kind of put folk in a nursing home and keep going. There people going through a lot of depression and grief because before they were independent, they could go and walk and drive their car and do everything they could do. And then now they stuck to a place where people they don't even really know. And maybe your loved one come visit you. Maybe they don't. And that's, yeah, that got to be a tough spot. And I think it's the same thing with that being intentional and what you want your life to look like. You know, um, that's, I can imagine that's hard being a caretaker. God knows that may be my, you know, journey at some point in life. Um, and practicing self-care is important. Like I said, use your village. If somebody can come sit with your loved one for a minute while you can just go breathe, you know, that can be helpful as well. And so um, the, acceptance of okay this is where i am having to take care of my loved one and then being intentional with what can i do this is my life has changed this is the change what can i do around this to be able to still live a bit to still have something because my norm has changed but it doesn't have to be the end of anything for me what can i do and how can i do it it just have to be intentional with a lot of it you know you just made me think because like um they know well i'm gonna let everybody know my my father had like last year he had like nine strokes okay and so his whole his whole thing was don't you 
don't put me on no home. Like he was in the rehab, he was in the rehab center, which is which was connected to the nursing home. And when I tell you this dude was trying to break out, like he yeah. had I don't know how he got it. He got the cold to the front door. He was he he was getting out so much they had to put two ankle monitors on him. Oh man. Cause he would get he figure out how to get one off. And like when you when you said that it made me I did I didn't really I didn't put myself in his shoes. Yeah. Like his whole world, because like even now he's he's fighting to get his license because the, the doctor, well not the doctor, the DMV in Texas deemed him uh, medically unable to drive. Mm. So now he's fighting to get his license back. He's fighting all that stuff. And I'm just like, man, won't you just chill out and sit down? But now like you put it in perspective for me. So yeah. Like, hold on. Yeah, that's that's he's going from independent to being restrained. Mm-hmm. And that's gotta be tough. That's that's gotta be. I I feel a way when my car in the shop, and I gotta Man. go. Okay, it's like dang, I gotta try to see if I can get an Uber, or can I get a ride from a coworker or something? That make that mess my whole day up. And that's just in that moment. Can you imagine the rest of a person's life having to, or at least for a period of time? Because sometimes people go to rehabilitation places. They stay in there for a period of time, and then they can go back home to the family just in that moment, or for those who are there for the rest of their their uh, lives. You know, uh, being in the home um, that's gotta be tough. That's truly, truly gotta be tough. And that's why we give people grace. You know, um, we try to give them grace, and then we give grace to ourselves because a lot of times we have to do what we have to do to make certain we're good and that they're good and if that's the best placement for them for them to get the care that they need you know then we have to be intentional with going and visiting and realizing okay this connection they still need that connection we have to you know try to find that balance with our own lives that we want to do and to be able to still have a connection with them to go visit to make certain everything is good so yeah so um before we get too far, because I know this was something that I was asked to remind somebody to bring up. Um, DJ um, had a situation that he just came to grips with, um, with some friends that passed away some years back. Uh, Want to go ahead and go into that, sir? Um, yeah, I can. Um, so it was... I would say over 15 years ago, I lost a couple of friends at the same time, right? And um, like literally, it wasn't until last year that I understood that I had been in denial that whole 15-year process um, and not even realizing it. I mean, so much to the fact to where like I, I mean I went through those seven stages literally sometimes daily mm -hmm. uh, and um it's yeah hold on give me a moment that's okay that's good hey, trust me I've been there I've been there homie trust mm -hmm. trust and believe but it was yeah so um TK was a big support during this process of, of even just coming to an understanding. 
uh, being able to accept that uh, closure, um, not literally holding my hand, but just kind of walking me through, you know, things uh, that was necessary at the time. Um, I think one of the main things is um, just having that self-awareness, being aware of what of what you're dealing with, you know, you know if you will. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's the biggest thing, that self-awareness, because we're on that autopilot. Um, I think the more we know, the better we can govern ourselves. And if we don't know, we're just going on feelings and emotions, you know? And a lot of times as a defense mechanism, um, we can even dissociate. We can even block it out like it truly didn't happen. You know, and that's a whole different thing yeah. uh, right there. That's a whole, it, it's a mental uh, safeguard. It, you, 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 your body don't want you to, your brain doesn't want you to feel all the pain and trauma so it protects you from it. So it kind of associates it, numbs you out. You kind of may even not remember that it truly happened, depending on, especially something traumatic, especially something real traumatic, like it gets blocked out. And people yeah. Like, but dang, what's wrong with them? Why they acting like they don't? Cause they probably dissociated. They don't even know that. They really don't know that. That's a defense mechanism, a safety mechanism, if you will. Yeah, I think that because that happened to me, and I, and at first I had to. At first I didn't understand why, cause like, uh, when I was in Iraq the first time, my first time, like I lost a lot of friends. Like, like talking to them one day, and the next thing you know, hey, you heard about such and such. Or they got blown up or blah 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 whatever whatever mm. and like at the time i could remember their names and faces and then as time went on it's like i'm saying like shit. i know i see their face i just can't remember their names and i'm like and i started feeling i started getting mad at myself because how am i going how am i being a true friend to them and i can't even remember their name now you know what I'm saying? And I had and I I talked to somebody and it was like that's because mentally it was wearing you down. Mm-hmm. So this is your brain trying to protect you from that. And I was just like, I didn't and the crazy part about it, I'm in the field and I didn't even realize it. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think that we have a lot of things that go on within us that we are not aware of. And so I think as we as we go on, as we learn, as we take time to sit with ourselves and kind of analyze ourselves, scan our bodies, you know, figuring out what am I feeling, why am I feeling this? I think we have to really sit down and take time with self and really, you know, journal. That's a good way to really look at it. What am I feeling? How am I feeling? You know, why? If you, especially if you feel yourself feeling irritated, you feel something that's not your norm, sit with that. Why am I feeling this way? Think about it. What's going on? And it could bring you down a rabbit hole. And that's a good rabbit hole because you're trying to determine what's going on with me. You know, where did this start? And then once you find the start, okay, now what? Now you got to talk to it. You got to heal it. If you don't know how to heal it, come talk to somebody on how to get that done. You know, if especially if it's something that you can't get past and you want to get past. I think a lot of times we want the change in how we feel and how we look at things. We don't know how to do it. 
um people may tell us oh you should be over there to, oh you know that people can try to they projecting their own guilt that's what that is when folks come at you like that they projecting their own stuff they dealing with on us why are you still crying behind it that's because y'all still crying behind something and you want to make the people feel bad because they feeling something at least you can express it you know but taking that time out to be self-aware sitting with your feelings understanding where they come from changing your mindset about that you know we all was raised a certain way and we believe certain things and we, we behave certain ways in response to certain things that's unique to us because of how we grew up and how things were modeled for us and then we have our own perspective in life based on experiences and different things we've encountered it might not be the best outlook on life of certain things um, and that's where we go back and we try to figure out, okay, this is what I believe. This is not a healthy belief or a healthy way I'm dealing with this. A lot of people want to know why. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I doing this? You can go search back in your brain, family, family history or life history and determine, okay, that's where they came from. And, and we get, and we stop there a lot. That's where it came from. Period. My family didn't hug me, period. Okay. We understand the source. Now we got to heal it. So how do we get to the hugs and all this other stuff? How do we get to that place? You know, we have to talk to ourselves. We have to be able to affirm the change that we desire. We have to be able to manifest the change that we desire. We have to be able to sit with that journal once again and, you know, remind ourselves of the change that we want. And we can retrain our mindset. We can retrain our beliefs. We can change our beliefs that we've had for probably 40 years to something different. It can be done. It's going to take time, commitment, effort, and being intentional. Yeah. Um, there's a question down there in the comments that I think is pretty awesome. <laughs> he asks, okay. uh, why do people rush uh, grief? And the first thing that popped in my mind is because, is it because people don't have an understanding of grief or they think uh, grieving and mourning is the same thing? Like, you know, because is grieving and mourning the same thing i think it's just a, a, a different word so meaning the same thing i think some people think mourning is just the crying part of it and then grief is all the other stuff but i think that's really all part of it you can call I it think, um i think mourning is for everyone else and grieving is for you I think mm -hmm. it's the expression that I, I think mourning is more seen, more uh, public, um, you know, for the onlookers and that grieving is that inward. Um, it, it looks more on the inside as opposed to what's going on on the outside. But, but mm -hmm. I, I think it's because a lot of people probably um, don't understand it. And that's probably why they rush it, why they rush grief, you know. I think a lot of it is control. Mm -hmm. I'm not shows my emotions. I'm in this state of anxiety. I'm depressed. I'm feeling guilty. I can't sleep at night. Every time I think about something, I want to cry. And I think people rush that, that state of emotions, especially if we don't allow ourselves to feel feelings on a regular basis. If we're dealing with life stressors and different things that are going on and we stuff those things and keep on moving or we numb ourselves and keep on moving. When this big thing happened like grief, you really can't turn it off. <laughs> you know, you can drink, 
You're going to wake up still grieving, even with all your other problems. <laughs> even everything else is going to still be the same in the morning. And I think that's that one emotional state of being that people don't like being in because they can't control it. It's a process that has to, that's why there's no expiration date. It's a process and you have to allow yourself to feel. You know, a lot of people don't want to feel. Nothing. Yeah. Feel they, they don't want to feel. Yeah. A baby's born. People, oh, the baby. They don't want to feel that either. I don't know. People don't want to feel. I don't know. Is a fear of emotions or a feel of being vulnerable. Maybe the vulnerability. Maybe the vulnerability that comes. Mm. You know, to have to admit that something has occurred that makes you emotional. Because if people teach their kids, don't cry. And this person wants to cry because my grandma died. But I can't cry, then I want to hurry up and get over this so I can go back to whatever. And I think that's why they rush in. I think people project that onto people because if I see you crying and know that my family say I ain't supposed to be crying, you better stop that crying because that's what I've been taught. Instead of teaching people it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to allow yourself to feel those things. It's okay to not have control uh, this is how we can gain that control as far as giving yourself those moments to feel that and allowing yourself to gracefully keep moving. You mm. better, don't do that. Don't we beat ourselves up a lot too. Yeah. I've been guilty of that, of um, you know, you just don't want to get attached sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's in relationships, you know, to people. Yeah. Um, because you don't know what it looks like on the other side. And you know those possibilities are scary. And I know that we cannot; it's not healthy to live our lives like that. Mm -hmm. But all I'm saying is, I have in the past been guilty of that. Yeah. yeah. I um I was having a conversation with my dad a few weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about, of course, you know, grieving. We were speaking about my grandmother. And he said, you know, he say, she's been gone almost 20 years and I still haven't made it to the mountaintop to scream yet. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And he said, because of course, when she passed, he had to be strong for, he felt he had to be strong for his kids, for his siblings when he's the baby but he felt like he had to be strong for them and everybody else. And as my father being a bishop, he does a lot of funerals. So when you add that on and add that on to siblings he's lost over the years, to friends, to other family and stuff like that, now 20, 20 years has gone by and he still hasn't grieved for his own mother. Yeah. That's good. That's a tough one. Yeah. And he can start whenever he gets ready to release whatever that hold is, that, that boundary he has to try to be tough for everybody and get into it. Because you, I mean, it doesn't mean, you know, well, if I didn't do it from day one, that it can't be done. You can, you can grieve, you can release, it's those denial of emotions. You can allow yourself to feel all that stuff at any point in time. It could be 20 years, it could be 30 years, it could be two months. If you wasn't feeling it, to allow yourself to feel it, to be able to talk to somebody, to be able to, you know, get support, whatever you need to do that. 
you know, I can imagine uh, that's got when you have to be strong for everybody and you have your moments of your own vulnerability, you know, um, as a therapist, I have clients that are grieving and all kinds of stuff going on. And so there's a wall you put up, you put up this wall so you don't absorb that energy. I'm there enough to give you the empathy that you need. I'm with you. I'm riding with you. You know, I'm trying to be emotionally supportive and all those things. But I don't allow that energy. I don't take on that energy of that grieving person. It's a wall that you put up. And I can imagine being a minister or a pastor, what have you, that there's a wall that you put up too. Enough to show empathy, but not to like feel it maybe. Feeling everybody's stuff. Yeah, some people that do, and they be all over the place. And, you know, they got to figure that one out. But to put that wall up. But then to allow yourself to breathe in your own right. When I was going through, uh, I had my cancer diagnosis. I had my surgery. I had a cousin that passed away from cancer. He was one that I hadn't really seen him in a minute. But, you know, I put it on social media about my journey. And he had reached out and told me he had been battling cancer for like, 14 or 15 years, he passed. I had a little cousin that was killed, you know, and I'm still moving. <laughs> I'm still going. I'm still doing a trauma and grief group and I'm still going. And it wasn't until my shadow work coach was a special guest, what, in November? And we were talking, you know, beforehand and she was like, you're grieving. I'm like, shit, I guess I am. You know, even for me. It was like, oh, I, I guess I am. And so really the holidays, I grieved because I realized maybe I was holding stuff in, not intentionally, but just moving, you know. And when she mentioned that, I had to release. And I allowed myself to grieve. It was a lot of stuff that had went on, uh, anniversary of my uncle passing, all the trauma from that and all this other stuff. And so I really had to just allow myself to acknowledge that I was grieving and it, to basically tell myself everything that I tell everybody else, that it is okay for me to feel these things. It's okay for me to lay out what I didn't do. I had all these plans for the holiday. I'm gonna do this and that, which I was in the bed. And I allowed myself that moment to take that time to be able to do it. Then I was sick too, child. Whatever was going around, I had something to you know, The crud came a few times. But I had to allow myself in that moment because I'm a person that's gone doing this. I'm here doing podcasts. I'm doing all these things. And I really had to slow it down and just say, okay, God, here it is. And I acknowledged my feelings and I honored my feelings in, in those moments. So, yeah, it can sneak up on you. You can, you know. But I think once we become aware, that's when we act differently. That's when we, you know, instead of pushing it all away, we just embrace the things that we're feeling. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I know for me, um, even with me going through um, therapy, um, there's been some trauma situations that's come up where I could say I was triggered. And going back using the tools that I'm learning in therapy, Instead of trying to push it out of sight, out of mind, I had to go through those steps and think, okay, what is this? Why do I feel like this? What happened? And go just through the whole steps of realizing, like, ah, it's like that aha moment kicks in. You like, 
that's where that came from. This is why this, this is connected to this, this all. And when you start to kind of put those pieces together that you didn't push back or just um, just not knowing why the whys, and you start realizing the whys, um, it's, it's like this whole moment of achievement. Because, you know, a lot of us, don't realize the trauma that we have because they look at it as it's just life. You know, it's not trauma, it's just life. Yeah. It could be life, but it still doesn't mean that it didn't cause you some trauma or affection. So when you can actually put those pieces together on why this and why this or this is where they came from, it's just like that. It's like a trophy on the shelf. Like, ha, I got that. Let me acknowledge this moment that I got that and that understanding. And usually when you get to that moment, not saying you won't be triggered, you may and may not be triggered, but you have a better way of being able to address it without the other side effects you may tend to have. Because I know some of my trauma has caused me, my anxiety be off kilter um, prior, but now it's like I can see it, I can address it and I acknowledge it and I'm able to move past it. And you said, you said that pretty, that was profound because a lot of times we don't know what trauma truly looks like. We think about people in war. We think that, we think uh, domestic violence. Okay, I didn't have none of that going on. We think maybe a house fire. Okay, my house didn't catch on fire. We don't realize that words, actions, different things that occur can be traumatic. You know, I remember when I was first going through uh, my shadow work coaching, um, we had a shadow work group and they were talking about trauma. And I, you know, didn't realize I had any trauma. I'm like, well, and I had a big trauma, but I think that was buried. And I didn't realize that that was something that was affecting me because I'm thinking about child abuse, like being beaten and stuff like that. But that that that's some, but there are other things that are traumatic and it had me really digging deep and looking at my own stuff like oh well that was okay and i understand now how that affected how i move and do all these different things so i think ideally we think of trauma in one sense of something really really scary that happened as just life threatening or you almost died or something something like that and it could that that's that is but then there are some other things that are traumatic as well and we don't realize because sometimes it feels normal I get a lot of people who had abuse in the homes or some dysfunctional uh, homes or some a lot of different stuff going on. They thought it was normal. They thought these different ways they were being treated and mistreated were normal because that's what they saw every day. That's what they saw. It wasn't until they went to somebody else's house or got to see something different. They realized, wow, I had some crap going on in my childhood. And so people don't know. You know, and that's the thing people don't know. People don't know until it shows up in ways we don't want it to. It could be relationship issues. It could be anxiety. It could be depression. It could be all of those things, how it shows up. And we have to really sit and analyze what happened in your life. I think when people come to therapy, they think, give me some coping techniques and I'm good. Well, that's just putting a Band-Aid on it. If you really want to heal it, I got to ask you about your childhood. You know, I'll get people that come to therapy 
They maybe had a previous therapist and they're like, well, I worked out all day with my therapist. Here I am right now. Well, that's nice, but I'm a new therapist and I need to know what that was because here we are now, but how do we get to the now? You know, so it's a timeline. I have to find out what happened back then, you know, to bring us to right now because, okay, I can maybe help you change a few things as it relates to right now. But if I don't get to the source, you may just be going through motions and not really changing your outlook and your mindset and your belief system about something that was embedded in you as a child. And you don't even know. You don't know. You don't know why. If you don't go back there and look at it and see why. And that's interesting that you brought that up because, and I, I'm going the opposite way, but as we're getting older, right? Like I'm 47 years old. Um, so there's things that my mind still thinks my body can do, but my body disagrees. And I have a friend, you know, um, she's a couple of years older than me. And she's um, realizing that she's dealing with a perimenopausal, right? Mm -hmm. And so just some of the things that she explains to me, right? And then understanding now that she's grieving a lot also. Yeah. You know, I, so I think it's important to understand also sometimes just getting older. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah like them crying. knees. Oh, man, I was crying today. <laughs> I was crying on the elliptical, literally, literally. Yeah. Tears in my eyes. So, question. So, how does or does trauma impact grief? Trauma and grief pretty much go hand in hand. Uh, a person's trauma can cause grief. Uh, grief can cause trauma. So they're mm. pretty much cousins to each other. Mm. Trauma can affect how you grieve because if you dissociate because of some, some past trauma, then yeah, you're not gonna feel or probably remember anything that happened. Mm -hmm. You know, so it can it can have that effect, uh, especially if you lose a loved one and that was your bread and butter, the person that took care of everything, and they're no longer there, and they you know kind of saved you from a lot of stuff and helped you with a lot of stuff, and now you feel like at a loss because you're totally dependent on this person. That could be traumatic. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a person killed and shot up and stuff. God help us, you know. But it could be just the fact that this was the person that took care of everything and now here I am kind of by myself. Or maybe that was the family member you had and now you're there by yourself. That can have, you know, uh, traumatic implications. That could definitely cause some, some trauma. Um, different events that occur, uh, things that happen, um, I'll give you one, one example. The whole Black Lives Matter, that the whole situation with the police. Um, didn't, it wasn't my story, but I watched it on TV. It was real scary. Nobody want to see men and women getting killed. You know, you don't know if you go somewhere and stop it. Is that going to happen to you? That's traumatic. Seeing that poor man getting killed on TV, that, that was a lot. That's traumatic. Now I have trauma because of that. I'm feeling away, and because my sense of safety is gone, now I'm grieving. All right. 
Oh, uh-huh. And so that's real. Now you people, people don't realize that I ain't never been over there. I've never met the gentleman, never met any of these folks that passed away. That's not my story. God help me. The police ain't stopped and did me nothing like that. But I watched it on TV. And I can be traumatized because of something I viewed. And that's real. That wasn't a movie. I haven't seen movies with worse. But we know that's fake. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's real life. Real people. And that happened. And I, I'm traumatized. And as an African American, a Black American in this country, I am grieving because I, my sense of safety my sense gone. Yeah. to help me is gone. So yes, people can experience those things and have trauma and then don't realize it. Yeah. Don't realize it. Me, they didn't come to my house and head the wrong house and shoot me. You know what I'm saying? And I might fear that could happen because hell, it could. Who knows? Well, you know, who, yeah. knows? who truly knows? Yeah. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you said that because um, I was having a conversation about about with somebody about the 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 community. The mm-hmm. uh, I don't like. I'm trying to get away from calling it the hood, but from, about the black community. Okay. And the low income stuff, and we were talking about that. And one of the things I was trying to get them trying to get them to understand that a lot of the actions and things that occur in the in our community is because of trauma mm-hmm. because of not not trauma that actually happened to us but trauma that we either see has been passed down have been uh have impacted us in some way and now that's now that we're sitting here talking about grief and 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 things of that nature i'm wondering how what do you think um about the concept of the community is grieving um how we've been treated grieving all the the i guess the milestones and things that happened to us in the past we definitely are you can be born black and be full of trauma and grief just because you're born black because of the stuff that's passed down in our dna in our neurosystem, when people have experienced trauma, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how, if you, you know how they do those scans of how the brain go and how all this stuff goes, a person who experienced trauma and they dealing with depression and anxiety, it changes how your, your chemical makeup is. It changes yep. all those things. And you have a baby, guess what that baby got? Yep. And they didn't happen to the baby. Baby just as innocent as every day and every day. And because that was passed down through generations and generations because of the trauma that people endured. My mama might not endure no trauma like that, but you know, somebody was a slave. Somebody did some Jim Crow. Somebody experienced some things. I can only imagine being alive with the lynching, being alive with the night riders, riders, night riders. Mm-hmm. Knowing that just because I'm black, just because I have a business, just because I'm trying to live my life, some people are intimidated by that and yep. want to take me out and make an example of me and will hang me from a tree because they're trying to in- invoke fear so we don't do anything different. I couldn't do it. I don't know. 
have mercy for the people who survived it. And guess what? All that is passed on. So if you want to say, they say slavery didn't happen, child. So I guess I don't know the book's wrong. But let's say it didn't. Okay. But Jim Crow show did because we got, yep. you know, we can skip out another Atlantic. All them folk going over the boat. They say that was fake too, child. They ain't putting no people on no boats. I'm like, okay. That's how it did not, y'all. But Jim Crow did. We saw all that. We saw Emmett Till. We saw all those different things just in that particular era of time. And we have crack epidemics and we have all yep. the things that happened. Unfortunately, I believe and I believe it. A lot of what we're seeing with our children, why the children falling out, flipping out, they aggressive, they help them, Jesus, they doing all kind of stuff. Why the children acting out? It's the social media. Well, turn it off then if y'all think that's what it is, but they're going to still act out because they have experienced trauma. Their DNA is traumatized and the stuff that probably happens in their world is is traumatic in itself. And then we have social media and we, we do have social media. It plays its role. And we have reality shows and we have people that go live. They've been killing enough people that went live killing folk and all kind of junk. That's yeah. real. These children watching this and they playing it back and they giving commentary on it and TikTok views and all this other stuff. And they don't realize how it's affecting all of this stuff. It's affecting it. And so we're yeah. doing all that. Yeah. Our community have dealt with poverty and crime and uh, all this stuff, violence, yeah, the people are gonna be traumatized. They're 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 doing what tra- what traumatized people do. That's the behavior you see. Why they acting like that? Unhealed trauma. Now the solution is, let's heal it. Let's bring some mental health. Let's make mental health accessible in those communities. Yeah. Let's break the stigma. Let's get them to understand what they're feeling. Let's educate them on why they're feeling that way. You know, the tough part is nobody wants to own their emotions. Nobody wants to feel it. Nobody wants to acknowledge it. I'm fine, why are you vaping? I'm good, is your nerves bad? No, how you that's why I asked the kids at school. If you coping with something, I ain't coping with nothing, okay. Well, what's going on? I don't know, I'm just bored, okay. Well, how do you feel when you, when you use it? It calms me down, so what do you call me? Did I go there? Anybody die in your family? Well, my grandmother died a couple years ago. But they don't know. They don't, they can't say, I am feeling this way because of this. They don't know. They just going and they trying to cope and they using dope and whatever else they can use because they just uh, yeah. don't know. I've been saying that. I've been saying that forever. Since I was young, I was like, that's I started putting two and two together. Like that's why folks get high. That's why uh-huh. folks get drunk and then as i got older it it made more sense because i realized that our community worked monday through friday just to make it to friday saturday and sunday and it's and it's like and i think i like i i feel like it's a disservice to us because we are we are better than that we're built better than that but until and like a lot of the stuff I'm thinking of now is like I didn't think of till recently, mm-hmm. which I'm forty something, I'm forty seven years old too, and I'm just like, if I'd have known half this shit when I was twenty twenty one, I 
we could have, I probably would have made a better impact on the community than what what I did at that time. You can always start today, my brother. Oh yeah. Oh, trust me, I'm sorry. Always start today. That's why you, you PSA Larnika does free grief support groups every month. That's why I do that. I make those groups free. I have um I have some interns, so I make you know free therapy with them. I got some contracts with with some folks that can bring therapy free to you know uh resident support author thank you for the uh city health department you know they got a grant and so we're doing it and so my goal now is to make therapy accessible to those communities i will be in the hood okay i'm not from the hood i'm from port Arthur. that's the country i'm not a hood girl i don't know that experience you know but i will go to the hood and i will reach out to the people i'll collaborate with groups they go to the hood so I can go there as well. And so I can advocate in regards to mental health so I can have mental health accessible to them. Hey, you know, you've been dealing with some stuff. People don't want to admit that. So they kind of look at me like I'm crazy. And that's okay. Because I, I speak in language. I got anxiety too. I know about some stuff. I've had my own traumas, you know. And so if I can get their attention long enough, if I can get them to come on, and, and get that therapy. I don't want it to be because I don't take Medicaid because I don't have an office and they won't uh, credential me. I don't want it to be because it costs too much. I don't want it to be because mm -hmm. a babysitter is virtual. If y'all can get on TikTok, y'all can get on therapy. Yeah, I said again. Get on a, you got Wi-Fi. Hook up to the McDonald's Wi-Fi, okay? Go on, get on something <laughs> so you can uh, talk to your therapist in your car or outside on your porch. So that's my thing. That's my goal is to try to bring mental health awareness, make it accessible, get our people to heal. The vape company making a good killing, trying to cope, help them to cope with it. And I, I need that same energy to come to therapy. I need yeah. that same energy. If y'all can go buy that, come over here. You got $10? I can get you a good 30-minute session with one of the interns. Come on. There you go. Bam. Affordable. Yeah. And so I think that's that's where we are. I think as we know, we can do better. We can do more. You know, at that time, you didn't know. I didn't know. I'm 46. I'll be 47 this year. I'm going to be there. You know, now I know a little bit more. You know, when I started off being a therapist, my goal was to keep people out of prison because I was a parole officer. And I was young. I was in my 20s and I saw these young guys and they were young. They were young with like 70 years sentences. And after talking with them, interviewing them for a parole, you know, learning about their life history, they had stuff. And it's like, man, if somebody could have been there to try to show you a different way, tell you something different, help you heal, help you make better decisions, even though ultimately a person has their own mind and free will to do what they want. But if you're lost and unhealed, if somebody can help you through that, then perhaps you may make a better decision and not do whatever you did to end up in prison. And that's how I got into education. I be trying to catch them. I be trying to talk to them, trying to help them out. Sometimes they hear me, sometimes they don't. But I try. I'm one person. And if I can do that, everybody that's listening, y'all want to help your community, hey, we all we got to do is try to reach out. Try to reach them, reach as many people as we can. I tell anybody, try to reach them however you can, you know. 
Okay, I like that. Bring them ten dollars, child. Come on, we got you. Man, I'm saying. You the ten dollar therapist? I show sure am. Come on, we got some folks that will definitely see you for ten dollars. Come on. I like That's that. What I'm about. Yeah, I, I like that too. Every uh, semester, so come on. That's awesome. Like that. So That's check awesome. it out. I'm a, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, steer the conversation in a another direction. Um, but still dealing with grief. Grief. Is there's like how do how do people once they get to that point will like go through all the all the seven stages and get to a point? How does people? How does a person continue to deal with that new norm after that? They may still get triggered and feel some things they just have to uh allow themselves to feel it understand why they are feeling it and focus on their intentions and goals of moving forward when you set intentions for your life when you set goals for yourself it helps you to maneuver through life if we just go to work come home go to work come home go to work come home okay that we job we need something in between there you know, if it is a hobby, if it is working out, if it is going to be a part of church or some social group or some kind of thing like that, we need something to help us to cope and deal. Coping techniques are great. Healing, coping, all of those two go together. If we just do coping, no heal, that's not going to be good. So I think, you know, as you heal, as you learn, uh, uh, as you develop your new norm, having some goals, having some outlook on your life. What do you want your life to look like? I need to lose 20 pounds. Okay, now how am I going to do that? I need to change my diet. Okay, let me find a nutritionist or go talk to somebody and see what I need to do differently. Uh, I need to join a gym or find an area of space to work out in. YouTube videos is free to work out and let that be your focus. If that's the only place you start. My health is a thing. I don't want to be sick and get the cancer like my grandma died with cancer. I want to make sure I'm eating healthy foods. And so that's a goal. That's an intention. That's a goal. And so each day, all right, what's a new recipe? Because I'm tired of eating, you know, just cabbage. Without the <laughs> I need something new. <laughs> what else can I do? And you might even join the group. We got some new recipes online. I'll go to a face-to-face thing. Let's go to some cooking class or something. They can the vegan folk be having all it and i ain't knocking the vegans but the vegan folk have all these different girl you can make you some chitlins out of vegans i'm like child okay and you can uh look she's covering her face up i ain't knocking there if you you know a chip vegan chip you know i, I ain't knocking either but but the the the, the chickenless chicken and the the, the chicken that you actually using mushrooms and you calling it chicken no them is mushrooms yeah we're gonna call it what it is you're not finna play with my feelings and emotions and call a mushroom some fried a fried mushroom fried chicken no you see it's a mind play i was trying to do it i was a part-time vegan for a moment i couldn't get with the the it was the ground meat that did me out that ground vegan meat was awful now, some people say you get some coupons or something and do that. I don't know. But it's the texture. The texture is what plays our mind to think we eating chicken. I went, there's a, a popular vegan restaurant in Houston, Mo Better, Mo Better Brews. And it was something that was supposed to be like chicken 
uh, I think it was, uh, I, I don't know if it was mushrooms or it was, it was cauliflower. It was one of them. But the texture, I think it was a chicken and waffle type situation. I think it was actually cauliflower. But the texture. They messed up already. The texture gave you the appeal that it was chicken. Mm -mm. It, it was a texture and they put the right seasonings on it. It, it was it was good. It was good in that moment. But then my palate changed when I started eating real chickens again, and that was over for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, but I'm not knocking the people. If that's their journey, amen. Go for it. Vegans, no. y'all do y'all thing. Hey, you know? I ain't knocking it either because I want to. I really want to try it. I just don't know what to try. What that meal would be to first try. But I'm very interested in trying it. But um, I just don't need nobody lying to me. If it's, if, if it's mushroom, it's mushroom. If it's cauliflower, it's cauliflower. If it's tofu, it's tofu. Don't call it chicken, because that ain't what the hell it did. Chicken clubs. Yeah. <laughs> so you could you could go on that journey. Like, that could be your journey. That could be your thing that you focus on with your new norm. It's like, okay, I've accepted my loved one is no longer here. I understand my stages of grief. I, I recognize my triggers going to come up during the holidays and birthdays and stuff. I already know what I'm going to do with that. In the meantime, what's going to keep me and help me to focus on on me and I focus on the loss, finding something. I'm going to go on a vegan journey and find me some whatever recipes and try to do all that and go out to the, try some vegan restaurants maybe once a month, go to something new and do something. And that's your goal. That's your outlook of how you want your life to be or you get into the arts. Maybe you want to paint or something and you go to the Hanging with twists and all these other paint things in the art gallery and let that be your thing. You got to find something that interests you to kind of help take your mind off of the loss and other stressors that you have. Agreed. I, I definitely agree. And I think even, even if you're not grieving, um, I think you should still be open to trying new things to step in yes. up that comfort zone. So I don't know about the vegan chitlins, child. You tell me how that was. I don't eat mm. chicken anyway, but I don't know. I don't eat them. Yeah, I don't eat them no more. So I ain't. I ain't. Mm -mm. Um, Mister, I don't do pork like. Mm -mm. I'll be sick as a dog. I can't do it. So yeah, we ain't gonna. Mm -mm. We good on that one. Uh, so we are gonna get ready to close out because I know it's storming here, and I don't know how much the storm gonna. Be. I seen a little light flash like this, like that was a warning. Like, hey, it's coming. <laughs> we finna cut up real bad in a hot second. So oh. you might want. Yeah, it was like that one. And so I was like, I caught it. We're going to go and close out because you're not ready to flash at me. Um, so, uh, DA, how you want to go out tonight, sir? Your closing, your outro. Okay, since I got the, I got the flow. Um, now, just take it, just like sitting back and taking in everything that was saying and some of the things that I came up with uh, thinking about it. Is you have to allow yourself to grieve and allow yourself the time to grieve. Um, it's not a race, it's it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Um something we say in the army, uh, you gotta hunt the good stuff, you gotta look for the positive in situations, you gotta remember the the good times versus the bad times versus the times when they're they are not here uh you also have to allow yourself 
to feel. And that's that's a big one because like like we say we say it all the time and we joke about it. Men aren't allowed to cry. Men a black men aren't allowed to have emotions. The only emotion we can have is anger and aggression. Yeah. Um and that's not fair to us because we're more than just a pissed off the angry black man. We're more than just a nigga. Like so we we have to start first by accepting and allowing ourselves to feel and not denying our feelings. And then last but not least, we have to understand there will be a new norm. It's not going to be the same way. It's not going to go back to the way it was before you started grieving. It's not. And we don't and I'm taking this to heart because I realized that all the people that I lost and I'm realizing it now, which is crazy sitting on this show, all the people that I lost, they're gone. There's no coming back. They're not coming back. It don't matter how much you try to reminisce. Doesn't matter how much you, you wish they're not coming back. So you have to accept this. This is the new norm. You're not going to be able to hear their voice. You're not going to be able to, have that one conversation you wished you had. And that's okay. That's okay. But let that be for you. Those conversations that you had, let that be for you. And accept it. And that's all I got. That's the best way I could put it. It's good words, bro. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, good words. Uh, DJ? Yeah, um, I would say, first of all, we've got so um, accustomed to living a life, you know, of trauma and grief. Yeah. I feel like we need to reacclimate, you know, to living a life that's not associated, especially our everyday life. You know, it's okay um, to expect good things to expect um great things but i i love the fact that Larnika said that we have to be self-aware that we have to know um ourselves and what we're dealing with and i and, and i think that's important in order for us to reacclimate to that healthy lifestyle to properly addressing our feelings our emotions and communicating those things so when someone asks what's wrong we're able to express it, you know, we're able to connect uh, with people, not being afraid to connect because of trauma and not properly grieving. So let's let's do the work, uh, let's reacclimate, let's expect a healthy emotional life that's not filled with depression and anxiety because we were unable to properly grieve that's all I got. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right. Uh, Larnika. I think these brothers said it all. You know, allow yourself to feel what you feel. It is okay to grieve. It is okay to cry. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to take time for yourself if you're having a bad day. It's okay to rest. 
Okay. It's okay to cry in front of your kids. That's another one right there. It's okay for men to cry. I think that we as a people have been taught to be strong. But I think the strongest thing that you can do is to allow yourself to feel those emotions. That takes a lot of strength to be vulnerable, even with yourself, you know. And so um, come follow me. I'm talking about trauma and grief. I'm talking about a lot of things that, that help us. If you uh, you don't have to be in Texas, you could be anywhere to join the trauma and grief support group. Our next one is February the 27th, 630, 730 p.m. Central. Go to my website, com, or hit me up on social media, Lernika Lavas, LPC, PLLC. That's a lot, huh? And you can uh, sign up. You can register to join us. All you need is Zoom. All you need is a Zoom. But you owe it to yourself to <clears throat> feel better, to do better. You know, this is your life. And if you don't like the way it feels, if you don't like the way you've been living, you have the power and the ability to change that. That's what I got. Very nice. Uh, y- y'all, y'all didn't sum it all up. Like, put all the pieces together for me. Um, but I, I love uh what all of y'all said and they're they're very viable pieces on this journey um but piggybacking off of what larnika said um don't be afraid to feel and a lot of times the black community pushes so hard you gotta be strong be strong be strong hey that i'll tell you this last year i got so goddamn on tired of hearing you got to be strong. You got to be strong. And I've been strong since I came out the womb. God damn it. I'm tired of being strong. I want to be weak. Let, let me be weak. Let me feel my emotions. If I want to cry, if I want to have a temper tantrum, if I just want to lay in my damn bed and don't want to be bothered, if I want to eat a whole pack of chocolate chip cookies, let me have my damn moment. Let me feel my feels. Let me go through my emotions so I can... I can have my time and let me come back out and I'm good. But to me, when people tell you that you got to be strong, to me, it takes away that sense of self, that sense of your moment of having feelings and acknowledging where you are and what space you are in. It removes you from, from even somebody taking holding space for you because you're telling me to get out of it. Like, I I don't do that shit no more. You don't like it, take your ass that way. I, I'm going to feel my feels. I'm going to have my moment. I'm going to feel why I'm feeling like that. Because for me, part of my trauma was not having a voice and not being able to feel a certain way. So I held a lot in for years because I didn't have a voice and I didn't have a safe space to let my shit out. So now, fuck you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, okay? Whatever day, because, yeah, I'm going to say what I got to say, and I'm going to feel what I got to feel, and if you don't like it, take your ass on somewhere else, and that's just where it is. That's my whole feeling and attitude, because I've always compromised for other people. So in this space, in 2024, I am selfish about me, 
and I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to feel how I want to feel because I'm working through some stuff. I'm going through therapy and I've come a long way and I'm not going to let nobody take that from me. So this is about me. This ain't this ain't the courtesy year. I'm not passing out courtesies to people. This is my space and this is about me and my journey that I'm on. So I'll tell you anybody, hey, yes, I do have a therapist. I had a trauma coach before and I feel like at a point I outgrew her. So I found me somebody else to help me the rest of the way on this journey. Because it is, it's about me and coming out of some places and healing from some things and not being triggered. So I, I am accountable for my stuff and where it is and how, why I'm in the space that I, I'm in. But the point is I want to come out of that space. So in that, I have to have the tools and a person to help me on this journey. So do not be afraid to get you a therapist. Uh, hope I salute you. I am so, so, so happy that you have you somebody because I want that for you so bad. It is, it's something on the other side of the trauma and the tears and the crying. It's, it's, a, it's something better over there than being stuck and being in the same place and feeling like you're not worthy and not deserving of good things. So I'm ecstatic for you. Um, get you a therapist. We, we even talked about the prices. So I don't want to hear nobody saying I can't afford it. There's affordable therapist. She done already told you what it is, how it is. Hell, I be on her grief. I be in them grief <laughs> sessions. I'm front and center in the grief session. I don't care. If you don't like it, that's where I'm going to be. I'm, I have my new therapist. I see it twice a week. And if I need to see it more than that, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to see it more than that and don't care if you don't like it. But don't let people keep holding you to their standards. And I think it's so easy for us to fall into that place of living somebody else's plan instead of living your own. Man, we in a different space and in a different season. Be selfish. If you ain't never been selfish before, be selfish right now. Be about you and doing what's best for you and what's going to help take you out of that space into another level. We, we trying to elevate, like, Real talk. We trying to elevate and be in some real spaces. And until you really start dealing with your shit, you don't realize that your trauma and all the other issues that you didn't have has kept you stuck and from going to that next level from where you're supposed to be. You robbing yourself. Real talk. So in that space, we thank y'all for tuning in tonight. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Uh, for those that I know that have lost loved ones this year already, my condolences and I send love and light to you. Uh, get on this grief counseling session for real and reach out to a therapist because I know who need it big time. Um, we will see y'all um, next Friday. Um, be safe because it's pouring down like cats and dogs outside right now. So definitely safe. Tune in, reach out to Larnika. I ain't gonna say that enough. Reach out. Y'all getting good quality therapy for ten dollars. Don't think it's some junk. I am an award-winning therapist. Okay, just FYI. <laughs> that part. That part. Because you know, some people be quick to say, uh, if it's cheap, you get what you pay for. Child, well, you will be I'll get it. 
Exactly. And I was going to say that you will be surprised how many therapists are not in for the money. They're in it for healing the black community. Mm-hmm. Real talk. And I'm running across a few of them that are about healing the community. They ain't trying to break your pocket and nothing else. They want you to come get this healing and be better and be greater than what you are to achieve that that greater and better you. So I'm gonna need y'all to get on and get with it. Like real, real talk. Let, let's get it. Let's get it. So y'all be safe. Much love. Thank you, Larnika, for always, as always, for coming on tonight. I know you can be tonight. Definitely been blessed tonight. So and we will work on that 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 next that next for that one segment that you want to do because I think that that's going. No, that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be for real. That's gonna be deep. That, that that's gonna be real deep. Y'all gonna have to get y'all tissue and stuff for that. We it's not in there where it's gonna be one of one of them, but it's gonna it's it's gonna help somebody. And that's what we at at this podcast. That's what we are set up, and that is our vision to do is to help people teach, educate. Um, and address a lot of the things that are definitely um, not talked about in the black community, and this definitely taboo in the black community. Them stigmas, we want to talk about that stuff. We, we want to hit the, the the tough stuff. So here it is, and that's what we're gonna do. So again, be blessed, be safe, stay dry if you're anywhere around these little parts, and we will see y'all next week. Yeah, what's up with it? Do it cause I love it and I stuck with it We ain't with the subbing in the cut with it Please none of the talks, I heard enough of it Like, what you gonna do? Where you at? Who you with? You ain't really about this Don't talk about it Really on the move